0: Learn more at marines.com. I want winners. I want people that want to win. You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it.
1: You got to put your money where your mouth is, Pete. It's not gambling advice. Happy Friday and welcome to Not Gambling Advice, sponsored by Prize Picks. Use code Baseball or code Gridiron. When you download, it is NFL Week 7. We're joined by some goats. Colby Olsen's coming off a 3-0 and o week on Not Gambling Advice. And Javon gave us some winners last time. Had to bring him back on. Gentlemen, welcome. I'm currently in need of some winners as my New York Yankees are terrible, which is not good for me. I went 2-1 and one on this show last week and then hedged out of the under Because there was some crazy line movement, which I didn't like. And then what I did, I added two losers. So on the show, two and one, on Sunday, one and three. So we're trying to battle back. Javon, welcome. How are you? Great. Excited.
0: Excited for the weekend.
1: Colby, how are
2: you? Good, man. I just wish that you wouldn't overthink and and beat yourself. You can't beat
1: yourself, Pete. I'm not beating myself. These are my three picks. Line movement be damned if they go in your crazy directions. We don't care. We're playing them. This is what I want this week. We're coming in confident, not overconfident because we're coming off some losses, just coming in confident that we can win this week. Let's start right now. NFL week seven bets. And then, of course, we'll get to the props later on in the show, just like we do every week. We'll go around the horn. Colby, you are the three and king. So I want to start with you. What is your favorite bet of the week?
2: I'm honored, man. I'm honored. So I've come to this show the last two weeks, I think, the last maybe three weeks. I've given Patriots as my pick because I know my team, right? Earlier in the season, though, my team was the Jaguars. I was all over them early in the season. I was attacking them at big plus odds. With vigor. With vigor. And now guess what? They go and play the Giants at home this week, who are 5-1. The Giants are coming off wins against the Packers and the Ravens in back-to-back weeks. They're loving themselves. New York is fired up beyond belief because the Jets are good too. The Giants are even better. And surely you would think that the Giants would be traveling to Jacksonville to play the lowly Jaguars, who have lost three straight games. They started 3-0. They've lost three straight games. You would think the Giants would have to be favored in this game. But no. The Jaguars are favored, minus three, and you're like, what the hell? All right, it's Giants plus three. Easiest bet of all time. Giants are much better than the Jaguars, and I am here to tell you absolutely not. The Jaguars here are favored for a reason. They're at home. They're pissed off, and you want some data behind this, right? The Giants actually have not been good on defense this year. They've allowed the 11th worst yards per play this season. The Jags have actually the 11th best yards per play on offense this season, and that's even after a poor showing against Houston. They put up six points against Houston. Terrible showing. The Jaguars lost a tough one last week to Indianapolis. They put up 27 points. They gave up 34 to Indianapolis. Matt Ryan is actually second in the league right now in pass yards, which is mind-boggling. But I'm making the Jaguars my number one go-to play this week, Jaguars minus three. It just It's one of those picks that surely it has to be the Giants here, but no, Jaguars are winning by a touchdown here at home, pissed off. Trevor Lawrence
1: is going off, and I'm making it a two-unit play. Wow. I got to say that's where I'm leaning to, but Javon, I want to run you through a stat that I found, which brings me into my first, and then we're going to kind of talk about this game. I want to see your read. I'm going to be on the under in this game. Colby, you talked about how good the offenses have been and how they kind of don't match up very well, um, but yet the total is so incredibly low, and I got this from um, wager talk this this statistic which I thought was incredibly interesting something that I've used before, and it has won for me before I'm not going to go away, especially because I think the total is so interesting. So, when you win as a dog and then you win as a dog again, and then you are on the road in the following week following those two, the under is 39 and 15, 70%. And I thought to myself, using that statistic, knowing that some of the offensive things don't really match up all that well, like the Jaguars can throw on the Giants, but the Jaguars are good against the run. Like, how are the Giants really going to move the ball? That made me think. This might be just a battle in the trenches, and I'm going to go with the under. And the under has moved down. A lot of the money is on the over. So I'm going to go under the total. I think it's been moving around a lot. I want to make sure. What did I get it at? I got it at 43 and a half. It's moved up and down kind of, but I think it's settling around that 43 and a half. I've even seen it as low as 43 on some books moving down. Give me the under Javon. He's on Jags. I'm on the under. What's your read on this game?
0: I'm on the Jacks. That's one of my plays too. Um, so like you said, there's, there's just absolutely no reason for them to be favored by a field goal here. And some people can argue about maybe they, they just don't know. Like Vegas doesn't know how to value the Giants yet. Because, I mean, to open this week, they did the same thing with the Jets. But looking at what's happened with the Jets line, it's pretty much a case study of how they're handling one game versus the other. One very public underdog, one trendy team versus the other. And they're showing the Jets significantly more respect um so with a football like a football brain perspective like it kind of aligns with your under two like i think here the one thing that jags always have going for them is they get themselves into really well they're really well getting themselves into manageable downs so they they have a, a really high first down success rate gets them into third and short which the giants on defense that's been a problem for them this year um and on the other side it's kind of the same thing like the jags are very good at limiting the run just period but also on early downs which Puts Daniel Jones and that offense into third and longs where they've not been very successful. So that kind of aligns with your under and the fact that I think the Giants are going to chunk this defense periodically and the Giants really aren't going to be able to do much of anything on offense. Um, this is kind of a similar thing we saw when the Giants played the Cowboys, albeit a better defense. Um, they just took advantage of kind of the opposite situations with the Packers and Ravens who have porous run defenses and kind of the same. So I don't know. I think when Trevor Lawrence has time, which he should against this Giants D line too, it's not particularly impressive. Like pressure rates are not high. They should be able to do whatever they want to this Giants defense. So I'm on the Jags.
1: I like it. You make me want to take the Jags a little bit more. The only reason I'm not is I just, I guess when we're saying Trevor Lawrence will get more time that they're good through the air in the past couple of weeks, it just doesn't seem like that as much. I think a lot of those stats are maybe from early on in the season I just don't know if I believe in this passing attack enough to just completely score, you know, 25 to 30 points in that breath. So I think, like for example, I have this game around like a 21 to like 14 type of game, just one of those gross, horrible games that we end up all cashing our bets. But I do like the Jags in this one. Pete, while, while
2: we're on the topic, one of my props is very related to
1: what you just talked about and this game. So if you want me to give it now, I think it could be. We're going to, I have a giants pop prop too. So we'll get back to okay. it. We'll get back okay. to it. So we all went through our picks Colby and Javon are on the Jags. I'm on the under Colby. Now we'll go back to you for your second favorite. Damn. Pick. We're already back to me. All right. I love it. I love it. All right.
2: This brings me to, you know, I'm always pride myself on, on putting data behind my picks and having some sort of reason to really like a pick. I'm going opposite on this one. I have no data behind this pick. I just love the narrative behind it. I am choosing Denver Broncos money line against the Jets at home.
1: You the hate Broncos New York this week. You hate I them.
2: hate New York. This is this is fuck your life, fuck your mother, fuck New York. That's the pick. All right. Danger Russ is a game time decision. And Adam Schefter put out a tweet last weekend after the game that Russ was really hurt. This is a real injury, guys. This is this is serious. Shoulder this is Very injection, serious, right? Really serious. I'm telling you, Russ is hurt and he's a game time decision or, or it's all a narrative and Russ wants to come back as the hero that played hurt and he beats the Jets at home. Come on, Broncos country. Let's ride. I'm the man because he's just a sicko weirdo, but (laughs) it's the Broncos. It's the Broncos in this one. The Broncos D is why the Broncos will win this game though because Zach Wilson has not faced a defense this good. Um, They're going to shut down Brees Hall and the run here. Um, And Zach Wilson's going to have to make tough throws. And I'm not sure that this wide receiver room is really behind Zach Wilson. Garrett Wilson's target share has fallen. We know that Elijah Moore just asked for a trade. So I'm just not sure that this Jets offense is going to be able to do a lot against the Broncos this week. And I think that the Broncos can at least squeak out, you know, 17 points and win like a really gross 17 to 13 game the total's at 38 so it's really really low but I'm on the Broncos
1: and hate it um I was definitely leaning this way too um if we're just looking at um I'm looking at VEASAN their betting splits which they get from DraftKings just to quickly go back to the that Giants Jags game currently they're getting 60 percent of the handle and 80% of the bets on the giants. So you're looking at 40% of the handle and 20% on the Jags. So that's definitely a good one. If we're talking about that over under 72% of the handle and 61% of the bets is on the over while 39% of the bets and 28% of the handles on the under. If we're looking at the jets, we have 76% of bets. One of the most public plays of the week with only 54% of the handle. So it seems that you're on the right side there it's just real tough to back the Broncos. But I've done it before, and I've won before, but it's always a horrible, horrible game. It's and the honestly, not the gambling Jets, advice pick of the day. And and playing in mile high is tough. It's like one of those things, sometimes playing in the 12th man is also really tough. And it doesn't really make a lot of sense, but the altitude's tough. Um, and the Jets have been playing a lot of tough football games, and now they travel. This is probably, you're. it's almost like you're buying the Broncos at the lowest possible that you can buy them at compared to buying the Jets at the highest value possible. It's a great buy-low spot for the Broncos. Javon, what's your read on this game?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty similar. This is kind of a don't overthink it, look at the line, and see what it tells you. Like, I just don't see a world where the Jets, being as public as they are, come out with this one. And I know the rust thing is a part of it, but their defense, especially in Maha, like you're pointing out, is going to cause the Jets problems. Like, I don't see them keeping this level of production. Activity just coming out from their offense and you look at some of their games too they have benefited a lot from favorable feared position due to turnovers and I don't think that continues against like a Denver offense they are sure prone to turning it over but this it's not going to continue like I think they're going to start moving the ball a little better which is a scary sight whether it's Russell Wilson or Brett Ripien or whoever
2: <laughs> I guarantee Russ plays though I, I'm putting a lot of faith into Russ playing I know he's a game time decision but I, I it think it's
1: a two unit play uh, no two unit no. play. oh no, God, no. Jags is two units. This is nuts. I love it, Javon. What's uh, what's your second favorite play?
0: So honestly, this is my my favorite play. But I just okay. talked about the Jags while we were on the topic of the Jags, and it's the Texans team total over. Wow, we have a lot of a lot of differing numbers, but they're all like I have eighteen and a half for seeing eighteen, nineteen, some 19 and a half. But for this game, like the total in this game is rising. Um, it's up to forty six most places now, and it's, got the line spread still sitting at seven i think for this game like the texans i lean to them covering the spread as well and to stay competitive and keep this game within a touchdown they're gonna have to score and this is a raiders defense where their pass defense is 30th ranked in the league so i expect pretty big games from nico collins who is you know i'll talk about him a little later but him and brendan cooks that have really big games i know they've talked about getting damian pierce more consistently involved with a lot of touches so I just think this is going to be a really big game for their offense. Um, there's also something like prize picks related to like, I've noticed kind of Davis Mills has marker numbers when he's out for his lines. So like, if we look at his line, it's it's 230 and a half. There's been two games this season where that's soared under. He had 140 against the Jags, their last game where they scored 13 points. And he had 177 against the Broncos where they scored nine points, two terrible games. All the other games where they've scored, the three games they've scored 20, 20, and 24, he's been in 240s. Um, so this this line being at 230 and a half against the defense where he can definitely take advantage of them kind of confirms what I think about this game. So I, I think this Raiders defense has been prone to just overall coverage breakdowns. If you've seen some of their games, it's been horrendous, and they've played better offenses than the Texans. But I just think the Texans offense is going to come out here and be competent in this game and it's not a not too big of an ass against this Raiders defense so I'm gonna go with their team total
1: yeah I I was really confused on this uh over under because honestly I I was kind of thinking to myself that it would go under but I've seen this crazy line movement towards the over are you against playing the full game over
0: no not at all not at all I I honestly like I want to play it too but being that um I have the team total I just might end up taking the Texans too like It's a lot of bets in one game, but they all kind of align with the same general way of thinking, so I'm with that.
1: And what I will say is if we're looking at um, where the money is for the Houston Texans, you got 40% of bets on the Texans, but 63% of the money is coming in on the Texans, so that would normally indicate some sharp action there, and you also, which is crazy, you have 74% of the handle on the over, but 54% of bets are coming in on the under. That could possibly explain that, you know, that rise in the total. And, you know, I, the Texans, what they do is like normally they'll start out slow. So maybe this bet won't look good in the first half. And you're thinking to yourself, oh, the Texans just put up seven points, but then they're always a team that somehow keeps it close. Like I, I would definitely lean the Texans here, but it's just, I, one of those lines that I thought to myself, how in the world are the Raiders minus seven, which made me think, are the Raiders going to blow them out? But they still could blow them out while going over that team total over. So that's why I like the play, Javon. You're almost, it's not that you're, you know, banking on the Texans to keep it close. You're just banking on them to score and against a bad Raiders defense. I could definitely get behind this play.
0: Yeah. And I mean, this, I don't think the line's that crazy too, because I mean, you look at some of the Texans past games, like I, I would say the Jags are better than the Raiders, but
1: yeah, they are. So they were also, yeah, they were, they were
0: seven point favorites, which I don't think is, is that crazy when you look at these teams, because honestly, like the Jags are better than the Raiders, but I would say the Raiders out of a one win team, they're probably one of the best ones ever. I mean, we've seen literally stay, stay in every single game and they definitely have the explosive yeah. advantage. Like the roster on paper is that much better. So I don't think a touchdown is too crazy.
1: I don't think it is either. Let's get into my second favorite play. And that is the Cleveland Browns plus six and a half against the Baltimore Ravens. So we've talked about the Ravens on multiple episodes. I took them through the first half because of how good of a first half team they were. And that ended up losing on a last second field goal. Nice job, me. But the reason that I was targeting the Ravens in the first half is because of how bad they have been in the second half holding leads. This is a Browns team that can run the ball a ton. They are the best rushing team in the NFL, according to PFF. And the Ravens are the 18th best rushing team, according to PFF. I think Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt will have good days on the ground, and the Browns know that they will have to run the football to keep it out of Lamar Jackson's hands. I think this spread is pretty high for a reason, because the Cleveland Browns have the worst rushing defense in the NFL so you're thinking the Ravens are just going to run all over them but the Ravens are pretty banged up at running back right now and Lamar Jackson is going to be out in space he's probably going to get his but is it going to be enough for them to win by more than a touchdown in a divisional game like this when the Browns If we're looking at just their last three matchups, they won by two, then they lost by five, then they lost by six. I don't think at this current juncture, this Ravens team is that much better than the Browns. And while the Browns have had some crushing losses, this divisional game that they're going to get up for – and I think that they come into Baltimore and they hold it to less than a touchdown. And if we're looking again where the money is for this game, we have 61% of bets coming in on the Ravens, yet the Browns are getting 51% of the handle and a ton of money north of 85% is on the Ravens' money line. Don't be shocked if the Browns win this one outright. That's all I got to say. Javon, I want to start with you because you're nodding your head. What do you think about this pick?
0: Yeah, so you were talking about this earlier on on behind the lines. Like, I, I love the Browns, and I was like, I, I want to wait and see if this gets up to seven by game time. and I'll certainly take it there, but I still love it at six and a half. And I just I don't also, think it will. I don't yeah, think it will. I, I, I know. I was just I was just checking it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like I, I also said, yeah, I, I think they very well could win this one outright, and I might sprinkle on the money line. Um, I won't get too deep into like prop talk because I, I have a prop in this game too. But I like everything you said. I think. The rushing attack for Cleveland is going to be way too much for Baltimore at some point. It's going to force them to throw the ball. And I think this ends up being a shootout game, which I know you're big on interdivisional unders, but I just don't know if this is one that I can get myself to take because I see me neither on both sides. And it's, it, I almost feel like this is going to be a script flipped game towards the end. Like I think Cleveland might come out here and punch them in the mouth in the first half and the Ravens actually look decent in the second half, but it's going to be a, a very close game till the end. So I like that.
1: Six and a half is too many points, Colby. Do you think it's too many points? I don't know if I have a lean on, on this game because I, <laughs> I took the Pats
2: and they just really messed up the Browns last week. Um, But just looking at the total here, a lot of money coming in on the over. I expected more public money to be on this over as well, just expecting this to be a high-scoring game. Um, It almost is making me like the under, though. The total has only moved up a half point, even though you might have more updated numbers on the the money side of things, Pete. So if you want to give an update there, but like a lot of, not a lot of money on this under, but I kind of like the
1: under. No, I got 38% of bets on the under and 35% of the handle on the under. So definitely people are coming in on this over, but again, to like Javon's point, I kind of agree with him in the sense that I think that the Browns are going to punch them in the mouth. But if you put a gun to my head, it's a divisional game. Like I would lean the under because I think the Browns are just going to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball and keep it out of Lamar Jackson's hands. But we've seen the Browns, you know, they got punched in the mouth by the Patriots, like you were saying, but you also said Colby and you were perfectly correct was that the Patriots just own the Browns in these spots. Yeah. So what we saw against the Chargers was that they could run on the Chargers, and that game ended up 30-28. to So I'm just so unsure about points in this game, but what I feel like I am sure about is that 6.5 is too many for a Ravens team that does not perform well in the second half, does not perform very well against the Rush, and Cleveland knows they have to keep Lamar Jackson off, best rushing defense. I think it's all Browns there we go bang yeah I mean I agree I agree every game with the Ravens this year has been close so I think they'll cover at least and if you look at the way the Browns have played like the only kind of blowout was against that Patriots the Browns have kept basically every other game Mm -hmm. within this total and now I think after the Patriots just crushed them it's a goodbye low spot here for the Browns at six and a half so Colby what's your third favorite pick
2: All right, yeah, I really like this one. Um, I'm going to go under 49 in Lions-Cowboys. Interesting. Which sounds gross, right? You're expecting both of these teams to score against each other. The Lions were really hot out of the gate. They were, I think, highest scoring offense through the first four weeks. They put up 35, then 36, then 24, and then 45 against the Seahawks, who have one of the worst defenses in football. Um, And they didn't really face anybody amazing right so now they face the cowboys who have the third lowest yards per play against this season behind the niners and the broncos so they're objectively one of the best defenses in football they have one of the best uh sack percentages in football they get to the quarterback But the interesting thing is the Lions actually have the fourth lowest sack percentage against. They do have a good offensive line, Um, but it's strength on strength. I think there's going to the Lions are going to have to run the ball. Jared Goff is going to have to get the ball out quickly. Um, I think time is just going to tick, tick, tick in this game. Um, The other layer to this is um, the Lions coming off of a bye. You're like, okay, they had a week to plan. Um, They're going to come out. Be good. No, (laughs) no. They're not going to be good. They were just shut out by the pats before this. Um, but the Cowboys offense is now being handed over to Dak Prescott, um, which is why I think a lot of people will really be on this over because they're expecting this Cowboys offense to take a step forward. This Cowboys offense has been hard pressed to score more than 20 points in a game with Cooper rush at the helm. Um, but I'm expecting Dak to start slow. Um, I'm always going to be a fan of fading Mike McCarthy. I think he's one of the worst coaches in football. Um, and I also don't love Kellen Moore's system. I don't think he's a great coach either. And so I think this, this game is going to be, I think 49 is too high, right? I think there's going to be some scoring in this game, but I think 49 is really, really high.
1: I could get behind this one. Also, the return of Dak, maybe he comes through a little bit you know, of, of growing pains. Not exactly. I mean, he obviously knows his offense, but he's not fully healthy yet. I think Deandre Swift is a big factor in this game. Will he play at right now? He's kind of questionable. He is such a game changer on offense that if he plays, it makes me a little bit more scared because then they can really run the ball. I think Deandre Swift is one of the best running backs in the sport. And if I'm not mistaken, Javon, I think Amon Ross St. Brown is playing. Um but I know he's still a little bit banged up. What's your read on this game?
0: Yeah, so what, my uh, my last pick is actually the over. <laughs> no don't. way. Yeah. Let's talk about it. So like I honestly thought 47 and a half as it was was too high, much less 49. So I'm I'm riding with it. So it, I think this more predicates on the the Lions offense like we were talking about because the Cowboys defense is absolutely good. Um, But seeing this total continue to climb after seeing a total more than a field goal lower against what's on paper and by pretty much every metric a significantly better defense in the Patriots um, is interesting to me and I I don't think it's necessarily comparable to say they got shut out by a Patriots defense who's a Bill Belichick coach team obviously it's a, a whole different scheme and they're really really banged up now they had a week to kind of rest and get healthy. And this Cowboys defense, like on paper, you say they should stifle pretty much any offense in the league, even the, the Lions, who's shown to be pretty dynamic. But what we saw against the Eagles uh, just shows how vulnerable they can be. And that really stands out to me because the Eagles do a lot of the same exact things that the Lions do. The the Eagles, like with A.J. Brown and a couple of those guys, they run the same crossing route almost 10 times in, in, in like consecutive drives. And it worked every single time. Those are the same concepts that they run with St. Brown, they run with, Josh Reynolds, they even sometimes run with DeAndre Swift out of the backfield. So that fits a lot into their scheme. And so now that now that they kind of have the blueprint there of how to beat this Cowboys defense that I think was pretty fraudulent, I guess, to say to say the least. Um, obviously you have the strength versus strength thing there. Like I think Jared Goff, whenever he has time to throw, he's gonna be able to beat defenses no matter what, especially when you have a couple corners that are not Trevon Diggs that haven't been particularly impressive. So I like the over I think they put up points and I think the Lions defense is just that bad to where it's not going to matter Dak Prescott coming back and finding comfort in this offense to be honest with you
1: and another thing that um, just to plug some holes that we haven't talked about yet is that Jared Goff loves playing indoors and this will yeah. be indoors um, both of you I don't know what to do now I don't know what to do now <laughs> I mean Colby's coming off three and zero, but Javon made some really good points, especially with that line moving. It's definitely scary. The one thing I will say is Colby did get it at the best number possible. He's taking the under 49 when it went up to 47. Did you already grab it Javon or are you playing the over 49? I did. I'm playing the 49. Interesting. 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 So any Colby, you just heard all of that. I got to hear your rebuttal. I don't, I don't
2: have a rebuttal. Um, I like what I put forward. I think, it'll be interesting to see how this game plays out um, because it really, to me, I went into this thinking, oh yeah, Lions, Cowboys, like this is so obviously going to go over um, 2 high powered offenses, but I just don't see it. I just don't see it in this one.
1: I think DeAndre Swift is a big game changer in this one. What I will say is currently we have 57% of bets on the under 54% of the handle and we have 43% Percent of bets on the over, but forty six percent of the handle. So this is one of those split ones. This is one of those tough ones where I think a lot of people are in between, and that's where exactly where I am. So guess what I am gonna do, not touch it with the ten foot pole, and watch you guys battle it out. That'll let's go. Let's battle it
2: out, Javon. We we might have to put a little stake of
1: our own on this one. Yeah, I like it. I like it. All right, my final pick is is a spike pick. It's not really a spike pick, but it kind of is. I'm fading the Green Bay Packers until further notice. Um, I'm taking the Washington Commanders plus five and a half. It has gone down to four and a half. I did grab it at five and a half earlier. Um, I would still grab it at four and a half because I think the Washington Commanders are going to beat the fucking Packers. The Packers suck. The Packers suck, guys. I, I, that was one of my change bets against them versus the Jets. And I, I, I've watched a lot of football this year. It's hard to find a worse team than the Green Bay Packers, and I don't think the books have adjusted. I think the books highly, highly respect this Green Bay Packers team when they just don't deserve it. That I fell into that trap last week thinking, oh, the Packers are 7.5 point." favorites against the Jets, they must crush them, right? This is a perfect spot to take the Packers against the by high or however you want to say it Jets and the Jets came in and stomped on them and again, they are doing the same thing to the Packers again. They are, again, four-and-a-half, five-and-a-half-point favorites, and the Washington Commanders are at home. So basically on a neutral field is what they're telling you is that the Green Bay Packers are seven, eight-point favorites against the Commanders when they're just not. I know the Commanders aren't very good. I know Carson Wentz is out, which honestly might be a good thing because Taylor Heineke, if we're looking at backup quarterbacks, he's one of the better ones in football. I still think that the Commanders can run the football against this suspect Packers defense who where we saw Brees Hall and that crew just run all over them if the Jets can come in and do that and now the Packers got to go in on the road against a commanders team which they may overlook again when Randall Cobb is again out who is Aaron Rodgers going to throw the ball to on third down Javon how are they going to score commanders plus five and a half plus four and a half don't care I think they went out right what are your thoughts
0: I agree I think like the, I'm a bigger, I don't want to say Carson Wentz fan, but I, I look at it kind of more objectively. Like everybody kind of looks at it and they say, "Oh, he threw the pick, he threw throws the game deciding pick." But behind a historically bad offensive line, and he he's played lights out for a lot of those games. It just he makes a crucial mistake but <laughs> against against the Packers. I think Heineke provides the elusivity that is is pretty important for this offense, and Carson Wentz is certainly able to get out of the pocket, but. He's not very aware in the pocket and Heineke is not only probably I'd say a little more aware, but he's a lot better at making plays with his legs out of the pocket more than just kind of running around and and doing whatever Carson Wentz does. So I think that's going to be super important and it, it adds a new element to this offense. So I, I think that's going to be huge in this game. And I don't really believe in the Packers run defense as a whole. It's been really bad. I mean, we talked about it last time I was on with against Saquon, which didn't really work out, but uh, I think it's it's important for this offense to get something going in the running game. And they'll be able to, and that kind of helps Heineke settle in. Not that I think he's scared of anything, because he comes against the Bucks every time and looks like prime Tom Brady. So I think it's a, a really interesting spot here. So I love the commanders.
1: And what I will say also is that that Saquon prop, he did get hurt middle of the game and then came back in. So we didn't exactly get all the attempts that you might think he got, but still on a yards per carry aspect. He did perfectly fine against his Green Bay team. And Colby, one more thing before I want to ask you. Right now, 76% of bets and 73% of the handle is on the Green Bay Packers. How does that make you feel, Colby?
2: Makes me feel really good. And what makes me feel really good about this pick? I I, I love this pick, Pete, actually. (laughs) Cause it's so gross. And this week I'm predicting to be a gross week. Like a lot of these gross teams are going to, are going to cover this week. Um, what really gets me excited about this is these offenses are going to have so much trouble scoring the totals down to 41 and a half. green Bay and Washington are allowing or no, they're they have two of the best defensive lines in football. There's Washington's sack percentage is 9%. That's fourth. Green Bay's is eight and a half percent. That's fifth, but they both have bad offensive lines. Green Bay's offensive line has been awful since the beginning of the season. Washington is Washington. Do you think Taylor Heineke is going to, you know, protect a pocket, be able to maneuver a pocket? I don't think so. I think both these teams are going to get to the quarterback and it's going to be a very close game depending on, I don't know who's going to win Pete, but it's going to be by a field goal either way.
1: I just don't. I just hate the Packers. And, you know, maybe that that's why it comes in with the spite. But I actually think if you look at the X's and O's and you look at where the money is, I think it's a very good play here. Um, Support before we get into the props, support for not gambling advice is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below the waist grooming. Their products are precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscapes performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. That is 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code NGA. That's code NGA at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, that's almost 12 million balls. Um, the Performance 4.0 package, they were happy enough to send that over to us, Javon, and it has been electric. Um, I'd show you all the different products. What I do have currently with me, I got you the Crop Reviver Ball Toner. How about that one, Javon? Oh, yeah. You got a beard? Is that, like, yeah. is that like bronzer for your balls? It is something I haven't used yet, but what I have used is the ball deodorant, electric, and I would show you all the tools that you get with that Performance Package but they're in there because I've used them and they're electric so much better than anything else that you're going to find. And Manscaped was enough to give us a 20% code for all the listeners who've been cashing with us. Again, use code NGA for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. (laughs) Done talking about Manscaped, although electric, what could be as electric is the props. Colby has been what is the word? Chomping at the bit. He's been chomping at the bit in order to give his props. I'm going to put the floor over to you, Colby. What's your favorite prop?
2: I mean, I need a minute to to get your hairless balls out of my mind for a second, but there. we're moving on back to the Jaguars, back to this Jaguars-Giants game because I have one of the grossest props ever. And I want to give a shout out to Krabs because I feel like this is a play that he would cook up. Because it's so gross, it's so contrary, and it goes against everything I want to pick in this game. And you have the under, but I'm going Trevor Lawrence over 225 and a half pass yards, guys. Guess how many times a QB has gone over this number against the Giants this year? 225 and a half pass yards. Guess once. Once, literally one time, and it was Ryan Tannehill back in Week One. He had 266 pass yards since that quarterbacks are going under 200 yards consistently. And for that reason alone, this total should be at like 208 yards. It should be much lower than it is. And yet here it is at a number that it hasn't gone over since week one against the Giants. And even Trevor Lawrence has been playing that well at quarterback. And that is exactly why I love it, because the Jaguars are going to win this week. They're going to put up points on the Giants, which no one's been able to do, but they're doing it this week. And Trevor Lawrence is going over 225 and a half fast yards.
1: What I will say, Javon, because Javon hosts BTL behind the lines, which you definitely should check out on the book at sports um, with crabs. I thought he was going to come in with like Evan Ingram under receptions or something horrific like that. Or I don't know, under maybe over if he'd never gotten it before, but I understand where he's coming from because the way to attack the giants is through the air. Do you think that this is a contrarian crabs play? Because I think he would look at it and be like, "Nah, I don't know though. I could be
0: wrong. And you know, best. I would say it fits a little bit. Um, it's definitely not as gross as some of the stuff that uh, mm-hmm. that he's that he's done before, but he uh, definitely aligns with what he wants. I I can guarantee you if you ask him and tell him kind of explain that prop, he'll put it in an entry immediately. Like a hundred percent, hundred percent. He is also all over the Jags this week, as you know, as Krabs does. So it fits.
1: Trevor Lawrence over to I got to say, Colby, I did kind of like his fantasy score. I just. The reason really being why I like this under, maybe I should just add Jags to my card is because I just don't think the Giants are going to put up many points. And that brings me to my favorite prop, taking Daniel Jones under 14 fantasy score. Um, I just don't think the Giants are going to have a very good day on offense. Um, While they're not that good um, against the pass, I think Daniel Jones is going to get to some long third downs and I don't know if he's going to complete them. And I think 14 is very, very low for a guy like Daniel Jones. Um, I think the Jaguars are going to have their way. I think they will cover. And Daniel Jones won't have a very good day through the air. I think that 190 and a half passing yards is also a way I'd go around this because I think the way that he can get this fantasy score is running around and ultimately running into the end zone. So I might change it to the under 190 passing yards because that is also crazy, crazy low. But I think it's crazy low for a reason. I don't think he's going to have a very good day through the air. Javon, as our prop guy, also writing props over here at JustBaseball.com, do you think the Daniel Jones fantasy score, because I haven't locked anything in yet, do you think it's better to take his under passing yards or his under fantasy
0: It, it would certainly scare me taking his under fantasy score because of everything you mentioned like even if he has a terrible game throws for you know one fifty through the air, a rushing touchdown gets him almost halfway there to his yeah. fantasy score so that would certainly scare me um and if you say if it's like you said they uh you think he's not gonna have a great day through the air, you can isolate that he, and just cut the shit and go right to the passing yards.
1: I might just cut the shit cuz the reason why I like the fantasy score so much is I was like wow that passing total is low. Wow yeah. that passing total is low considering what we've said about the Jags defense. So I'm just going to take that because that's the even grosser one and that's probably the one that's more likely to hit because while his rushing yards probably is at 34 and a half and he can do that remember when you're looking at a fantasy score he can go over that you know that's that's 3 points right? We're just right there, let's say, or three and a half. Let's say he rushes for 35 or around there, and then maybe he gets in the end zone, but he just doesn't throw that well. That's what I'm banking on. So change it under 190 and a half passing yards. It's gross. I think it's a little bit grosser than Trevor Lawrence, Colby. Like it might be, but the theme of this episode has been cut the shit cut and the fuck shit. New York football. Fuck yeah. New York football. I like <laughs> it. Javon, floor is yours. Favorite prop.
0: Yeah, going back to the Texans. Um, taking Nico Collins over 40 and a half receiving yards. Wow. Um, this guy is like I- I've been a big believer in him all season. I think I have him on the bench of every single one of my fantasy teams almost. Um, and just now, these last couple weeks, he's really starting to gain Davis Mills' trust. And he's talked about it, he's come out in interviews and interviewed him to say, I, he's like I used to only look for this guy when he's just wide open across the middle of the field. Now I feel comfortable enough to put him in the position to make contested catches, which is huge. Um, so we look like his snap share has gone up almost twenty five percent since the first couple games of the year. Um, and like I said, he's putting him in the area for those two contested catches, and it aligns with kind of my thinking here that the Texans are going to put up a lot of points for them at least. You know, I think they're going to score you know twenty plus. Um, and against this Raiders defense that is absolutely porous in the past game, I think he will have plenty of opportunities. And really, there's only two main guys that's gonna happen to you through the air, and it's him and Brandon Cook. So I think we'll have plenty of opportunities. I think he will have plenty of yards of the air, and his yards per play has also gone significantly up since these last couple games. So he will definitely be in the conversation to possibly get this with one or two catches. So I like that a lot.
1: I'm adding Raiders
0: defense sucks too. God awful.
1: Who was it? Who was it? Nico-, Nico Collins. Nico Collins. Yeah. Off pitch a buy too. I love too it. A pitch was too good. Um, Colby, the only reason I'm not adding your Trevor Lawrence is because I want him to suck because I want the under. But I can't say I don't hate that play. So if you're listening to this podcast and you like Trevor Lawrence, I think it's a good play. The only reason I am not is because I want it to go under. But I, I do. You, you just got to hop on the Jags with us, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Should I just hop on the Jags? You
2: got to. Squad I'm ride. have been doing shit. the Javon and Krabs have been doing the squad ride, right? Yeah. Let's let's make that. Yeah. There you go, Jags.
1: Consider it. I'm Come I'm on. definitely we'll we'll see so, Uh, you know, might cut have the to shit, Pete. We, cut might cut have the to, shit. We, we might have to. We might have to But what am I going to do? Am I going to have the Jags and the under? There's no uh, rules yeah,
0: against I mean, that. Sounds like you're just making the rules as we go.
1: You know what? Add it to my card. Jags minus three the reason I like the under is because I think the Giants are going to struggle on offense so why wouldn't I take the Jags add it to my card squad right there we go add it to my card we're on the Jags let's go Colby next prop
2: all right my last prop is T Higgins over 14 and a half fantasy score he is healthy and off of the injury port for the first time all season. He's been questionable, literally going into every single game this season. Sleeper hasn't projected for 15.7 fantasy points this week. And this total for Falcons and Bengals keeps soaring up. Um, I expect this game to be a shootout. I expect the Bengals to score. They're favored by six and a half. I expect touchdowns to be scored. I think T. Higgins scores a touchdown. I think he goes way
1: over this one. Interesting. Javon, any thoughts on that one?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think there's going to be plenty of points. Um, the Falcons' defense does not scare me one bit. And we've seen them kind of in a couple of their games where there's multiple kind of big-name, big skill guys in an offense. They don't handle that very well. Um, and, and, like, a, the obvious issue with the Bengals' offense is, does Burrow have time to throw the ball at all? And their defensive line not going to do much compared to what they've had pre, like prior games to bother Burrow and kind of penetrate that offensive line. So I like it it's going to be a, a game where everybody eats for the Bengals and that wide receiving core.
1: Add T. Higgins to my card. He has been put in this lap. The only reason I'm not I'm taking Trevor Lawrence, again, I will be on the under. But T. Higgins, I can get behind. 14 and a half, too low. My last prop, Robert Tanyan went for 10 catches, 90 yards last week. He has hit this over in three of six games. But it's at 32 and a half. It's pretty low. It's low for a reason. Commanders are third best against tight ends in football. And when, when uh, it seems that when Aaron Rodgers is targeting Robert Tonyan a lot is when the Packers are getting crushed. Do I think the Packers are going to get crushed? No. I think it's going to be a close game. They're going to rely on A.J. Dillon. They're going to rely on Aaron Jones. And I don't think that Robert Tonyan comes out. I know Robert Tanyan good and well. He has been on my fantasy team all year, and I hate him. Spite, Packers suck. Robert Tanyan under 32 and a half, coming off a 90-yard game, and now they're lowering it to 32 and a half. It seems free. It seems like they're working him back into the offense. No, it's a game script thing. They use him when they're getting crushed. I don't see them getting crushed in this game. I do think that the Packers have a good shot at winning. I just think five-and-a-half, four-and-a-half is too much when I peg this game at more as a field goal. So I'm going Robert Tonian under 32-and-a-half. Any reads on that, gentlemen? Javon, we'll start with you.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm always down to fade Robert Tonian because, you know, my friends friends and I throw a lot of just random touchdown parlays here and there. And <laughs> word to God, Robert Tonian always ends up in them. And guy, God, God, he sells every time. So. Every time. <laughs> I remember one, uh, I forget, it was, it was the week that he had the touchdown. I forget who it was against, but we put him in, and he was like the the last leg that didn't hit because we switched it to his, like, over yards, and he went under by, like, four yards. They scored, which was fun. Um, you but, just hit
2: it, though. That's exactly what's going to happen.
0: That's exactly what's going to happen. But uh, I uh, I definitely like it from, like, a football brand perspective. I Again, I don't think there's going to be much going on for the Packers' offense. So if there's really not in the, in the areas where they struggle – Tanyan and, and even, like, I don't even know the other tight end is DeGuara and then Mercedes Lewis, they're not getting the ball. They're, they're not seeing the ball at all. There's there's no plays that draw up targets for them when they're trailing or struggling. So yeah. I'm 100% with that.
1: Let's throw Colby. Any thoughts on that one? Yeah, no, I, I
2: like it. I think that uh, Rodgers is going to be pressured all game. I think a lot of dump-offs, quick slants. They're going to try to get the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands fast. Um, Tanyan, if I'm correct, is more of a seam receiver. Um, so
1: I, I don't expect him to to get too much work in. Phenomenal. All I'm doing right now is clicking buttons. So right now, so we'll do a quick recap of our picks. But we're creating the four the four teamer, and we can make it a five teamer. But I really believe in this four teamer. And sometimes you go with your best four. And that's Robert Tonyan under 32 and a half receiving yards, less. That is Nico Collins more than 40 and a half receiving yards. That line is so high, Javon, and it's hitting. T Higgins, more than 14 and a half. I got to say, I like it, especially with him back and healthy. You know, Jamar Chase has had that huge one. I do think that there will be points in this game. So I'm going that with you, Colby, more than 14 and a half fantasy. And Daniel Jones is about to suck under 190 and a half passing yards. Remember, if you want to play these props, make sure you use code just baseball or code just gridiron on prize picks because we have some fantasy scores in here. And the only way you can play that really is on PrizePix. So make sure to use that code to get a $100 instant deposit match up to $100. Excuse me. Whatever you put in, they will instantly match it. All right. So Jags has been added to my card. Added to my card. I also have the under 43 and a half. I like it. I also have the Washington commanders plus five and a half would take it down to four and a half. I'm not worried about it. The only way I wouldn't take it is if it got to a field goal and that ain't happening. And then I'm on the Browns plus six and a half. Javon do a quick recap of yours. Colby quick recap. And we'll say goodbye.
0: So a quick recap of mine. Texans team total over 18 and a half. Jaguars minus three and the lions Cowboys over whatever number you have. I have wow. Colby. You. Colby Colby. Colby.
2: Javon and I are going at it under 49 lines. Cowboys. It's going under. It's going under. I don't care what you, I don't, I don't care what uh fancy NFL talk you got over there. It's going under. Um, And then I'm all over fading any New York football team this week. Jaguars minus three against the giants at home. And then we got Denver Broncos money line, danger Russ and his cringy ass subway
1: commercials. They're getting a dub against the jets this week. I love it. Gentlemen but we all have to remember that none of this was gambling advice.